On this week's XJ Talk Show, we start off with a sad note about a Jeep worker killed at a Detroit plant, then pick things back up with a new world record for the number of Jeeps in a parade. There's voicemails to play, YouTube love to spread, and we hear from the mind of Nikki G, and Josh is subconscious too. Tammy talks about the importance of hand-washing your Jeep and how to fix those little blemishes in your soft-top windows. Amazon You Bought What is back. We break down some upcoming events in Wheeling Wear, and we hear from John, pre-runner 1982, about the infamous Day of Dirt Adventure, all on the next XJ Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the XJ Talk Show. With a Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. First week in G. Ordinarily, I've got some neat news for you guys in the Jeep world, but I've got to start tonight's episode off with a little bit of somber news. A Fiat Chrysler America worker dies accidentally at the Detroit plant. An employee at Fiat Chrysler's North Jefferson assembly plant died accidentally this morning after being crushed. UAW, United Automobile Workers Union, identified the victim as Donald Maggie, 53, of Sterling Heights, Michigan. The union said Maggie, a millwright and a wastewater operator, died while performing regular preventative maintenance during a shift that started at 5.30 a.m. He was working alone and was discovered about 6.30 a.m. Jefferson North, built in 1991, employs more than 4,600 people, including about 4,400 hourly workers. An FCA spokeswoman said the incident occurred on, in the on-site wastewater treatment plant that services the 3 million square foot plant where the Jeep Grand Cherokee and Dodge Durango are assembled. The treatment plant is a separate building from the assembly operations and production was not impacted. In news release earlier today, Norwood Jewell, UAW vice president for the union's FCA department, said in a written statement, We are deeply saddened by the tragic accident that took the life of an 18-year employee at Jefferson North this morning, and our heartfelt condolences go out to his family. The safety of our employees is first priority, and we will continue to work in cooperation with the authorities, including the Michigan Job Safety Regulators, to investigate the circumstances surrounding this terrible tragedy. Our heartfelt sympathy is extended to the family, friends, and all those who worked with the UAW member, Donald Maggie. This is the second suspicious death at the facility in recent history. Jefferson North is the same assembly plant where an auto worker stabbed one of his co-workers to death in a dispute over a woman in September 2012. The alleged assailant fled and later took his own life nearby. Well, let's go ahead and wash our mouths of that bad news and step into something kind of cool and neat. Jeep Parade sets record. So many Jeeps rolled into the Daytona International Speedway on Sunday that the number of Jeeps, 1,846, easily broke the previous Guinness World Record of 1,106 for a Jeep parade. Rain did fall on the parade that started at 11 a.m. as Jeep drivers made a two-mile loop on the track before heading out to the beach. Jeep drivers appreciate tough terrain. For an obstacle course in the infield Saturday, the Jeeps climbed over a treacherous and technical course of rocks and logs. Drivers could be coached through the course by Charlene Bauer, owner of Bauer Motorsports in, in Bauer Motorsports Media in Arizona, who volunteered to give them guidance from the passenger seat. This is not necessarily a fast sport, she said, about, all, about off-road driving. It's a technique sport, slow and agile versus flat, fast and out of control. Jeep Beach, which concluded its 12th year Sunday, seems to get bigger and bigger every year, says Matthew Marie of New Smyrna, 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 yeah, Smyrna Beach, a member of the Mid-Florida Jeep Club. 
While the Jeeps were overwhelmingly Wranglers, the vehicles reflected so much individual style that the Jeeps didn't get lost in the crowd either. Bauer, a visitor from Arizona, said she was not used to the bling. We moved out of the function. We're more about the function than appearance on the West Coast, she said, and I would have to agree. There were 147 vendors to feed the Jeep owner's need for accessories. Tyler Ruby, the brand manager for Jeep Wrangler Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, brought concept Jeeps, or new design Jeeps, to give people ideas about what could be done with their off-road vehicles. Jeeps came from all over the country, some from as far away as Alaska. One couple came in their neon green gecko-colored Jeep. The event was uh, not to be missed, they said. When do you get to drive on the speedway and end up at the beach, they said. Last summer, we drove from Florida to California. In places like Sedona, Arizona, you could find other Jeep people in a parking lot and just pull up and start talking Jeep. Sounds like yet another awesome Jeep event to me. Wish I could have been there. Hey, if you guys were there, if you know somebody who was, well, let us know, would you? And stay tuned for later in the show when I talk about some other upcoming Jeep and off-road events. I want to say big thanks and give a lot of big props to Jake and John, both working overtime to get me some more content for This Week in Jeep. You guys can join in on that, and I continue to thank all of you who, every week, Submit stories to be aired on This Week in Jeep. If you've got one or you got a response to any one of our stories, please send a new, an email to newstips at xjtalkshow.com. So what the hell, Josh? You're bringing us a story about death, and <clears throat> why didn't you tell us about the one about the stabbing? I think the stabbing would have been fun. Yeah, that, <laughs> I've had enough. research on that one. <laughs> Who took the details my bolt? On that one, <laughs> yeah, the details on that one I'm a little bit uh, fuzzy on. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, this was kind of a big deal. And, uh, and of course, with the manufacturing facilities in Ohio um, in, in the news lately, I thought this one was, was pretty apropos. We needed to, to pay homage to an 18-year worker uh, who has uh, been assembling Jeeps for, well, that long. So uh, at least uh, condolences from the XJ Talk Show go out to his family. Absolutely. And, uh, Definitely. I still, I still uh, fault you for you know, being a buzzkill, man. Yeah, I know. Well, well, I'll see if we can go ahead and uh, resur- uh, resurrect myself. No, I need to re- oh, no. revive myself. I need to, well, save some face later on the show. I didn't even know you were sick. So anyway, all righty. Well, uh, let's get to some of these other fun things. All I have to do is find them. XJTalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to XJTalk.com when you're off-road too. Using your smartphone, install the Tap a Talk app, then search for XJ Talk. Take XJ Talk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even, well, anywhere you need your XJ Talk fix. Favorite site is XJ Talk. XJ Talk. XJ Talk.com. It's where you go when you're not on road. Hey, you. Yeah, you. The one just sitting there listening to the XJ Talk show. Why aren't you a part of it? What? Tell me more, you say? Well, it's pretty simple. You can become an XJ Talk show reporter. All you need is a smartphone and the ability to talk to people. Just email reporter at xjtalk.com for more information. Hey, is it my turn? Yes, ma'am. It is indeed. (laughs) Guys, coming up this week on Wrangler Talk, I found some imperfections in my rear soft top vinyl window, and I'll share with you how I fixed it. Oh, no. Brand new, too. Yes. 
Well, guys, uh, I've, we've got to talk about the 4x4 Radio Network. It's where you go for, well, to get your fix about everything off-road and podcast-related. The XJ Talk Show and the 4x4 Podcast have joined forces, and, well, we've created a network. We have already added, and we will be continuing to add more shows to the lineup very soon. You guys can visit 4x4radionetwork.com and listen to two great podcasts by, well, simply pressing the play button, and there's more being added all the time. And when I say just two show, well, we actually got three and a fourth one coming up here as well. We've got the Muddy Mike podcast, Muddy Microphone podcast with Greg, all about UTVs, ATVs, and more. Uh, for there's no better, play, no better place to get all your 4x4 information than www.4x4radionetwork.com. And that's X, not the word by. You know, I thought we should have that in there, but I think everybody knows about the the X uh, for the for the by. Uh, you know, the ones I really like are the ones that say the four by two. In other words, normal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this, oh, but it's, I've never heard that before. You've never seen that? It's They put them, I think, <laughs> no. it's on the back of the Chevrolet, uh, the, the bed of the Chevrolet truck. They'll say four by two. It's like, yeah, oh. man, four by two. Because two by four would mean something completely different. Yeah, right, right. Right. I know what that is. <laughs> well, let's, uh, yeah, really happy to have uh, Greg over at the Muddy Microphone podcast. Uh, joining the four by four radio network, and it, it's really cool. UTVs, ATVs. Josh, I didn't even know what a UTV was until uh, I had a conversation with Greg and and listened to one of his uh, one of his podcasts. Um, didn't know that's what uh, my wife and I drove in the, the the Nevada desert. I just called it kind of like a side by side go kart. I mean, it's that's exactly what uh, most people refer them to are side by sides. UTV is the more technical, uh, you know, description for them. But uh, you know, Polaris and Can Am, and there's a whole bunch of other Razor. Uh, manufacturers out there, yeah, uh, that make these things. They are a lot of fun, and they are becoming a new class of off road vehicle. Yeah, he he was talking about uh, them going selling for upwards of twenty four thousand yep. dollars. Yeah, there are leader engine plus models. Oh, they're very uh, there fast. Are models, they're yeah, a lot of fun. I mean, four, they've got a great power to and, weight ratio. And um, they sit up and high too. It's not like a low yep. go-kart uh, deal. We had no problems cruising through those up and down those dunes and these things. And oh, very uh, nice. Matt uh, M. Uh, Smorenberg on uh, the XG Talk forums, was the that was his idea to go out there. So he and his wife were in one, and I was following him, and uh, he was trying to lose me. You ain't losing me, Bubba. <laughs> Mr. Speed Demon. I know about speed. That's that's why I drive a Jeep. Because <laughs> I'm too dangerous for something that does move fast. Oh uh, well. Anyway. Well, if you guys are into ATVs, UTVs, or anything off-road, you gotta be heading over to www.4x4radionetwork.com. We've got podcasts about that stuff and more. And it's a very easy to navigate site, and we're making improvements all the time, adding new content all the time. So make sure you bookmark that right now, www.4x4radionetwork.com. And uh, let's get to our uh, really fun segment, our voicemails. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hi, guys. This is Joe. It's early on Monday morning, and I'm so tired I couldn't even cook my eggs, but I did have my cup of coffee. Did you say five? I was just going to tell you that, uh, you know, when I bought my new 
beat. Uh, my old XJ was sad, so I decided I was going to fix it up a little. And I worked all weekend to fix the air conditioning because I had to pull the dash out. And uh, it was my first time, so uh, I ended oh, up pulling yeah. it a few times just to make sure I had everything right. Anybody out there that has ever done that probably understands. And when I finally got it back together, I couldn't get my key to work. And the podcast or the uh, campsite, you know, for the podcast saved me because somebody had the same problem. So I wanted to thank everybody out there that stays online and and put you know the issues and points up there. So you know, big kudos out to all the people that helped, and you guys too. Um, but when I finally got it back together and running, then my airbag light came on. So that's this week's project, and I'll keep you guys up to date on that. But just want to say big kudos to everybody out there. Thanks, you guys. Keep up the good work. Bye. If you've got a, um, if you've also got uh, cruise control and some other things that are there on the steering wheel, and if that's not working anymore, your uh, what do they call it, the clock spring. Is clock probably, spring, yep. It's probably gone Nine bad. times out of ten, when that airbag light goes off, it is the clock spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's it's really hard to try and troubleshoot that without removing the steering wheel. And well, by the time you get to that point, you might as well replace it anyways. Those things were quite quite expensive. At least whenever I had mine replaced uh, at my uh, local mechanic shop, I think it was upwards of two hundred and seventy bucks. Uh, that was a number of years ago. They may have uh, cheaper s- solutions now, but I believe mine was a Mopar uh, part. Yeah, the the I mean the aftermarket ones will run anywhere from about fifty to one hundred and twenty five bucks, depending. And uh, you will of course need a wheel puller uh, oh, yeah. to make that job happen. But uh, that's something that you could usually typically rent at your local parts store. Would you agree with that, Tammy? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I what I was thinking was I am not looking forward to my Jeep getting old because all these little problems I would have no idea. <laughs> Oh, it's, yeah, it happens, but that's, that's, the it's wonderful experience. though. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. wonderful because you learn about it. It's frustrating, but it, 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 right. You know, you learn about it. You, uh, and once you've done it, uh, well once it's, it's no big deal, you know? Right. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. You've got, uh, oh, you probably have five, six, seven years where you have to worry about anything. If they, if they building, if they're building the Not JKs definitely. like they used to uh, build these other, uh, Jeeps. So. So now uh, we have uh, one of our uh, more interesting callers uh, that, uh, well, they're all interesting, but uh, I don't know. I think Super Croc kind of uh, tilts it back a little bit before he calls in. So uh, this the, the way he talks, I think he's uh, had a few beers. So anyway, let's get to uh, Super Croc. He's in the chat room right now. Hey, guys. This is the Super Croc. Just got done listening to your latest podcast. And on the topic of fluids, you should always keep when you are wheeling. You got to always remember your blinker fluid. And then I know it's technically not a fluid, but your muffler grease for your muffler bearings. Keeping a spare set of muffler bearings also is a great thing. You you could have your muffler bearings go out on your car, you could be stuck. Luckily, the Jeeps use the extra heavy-duty ones, but I always remember that. Also, your industrial strength flight line and grid squares. If you have those, you can't go wrong. Thanks. So muffler bearings are like Henways, uh, Tammy. <laughs> yes, I, I kind of figured that. 
And that blinker fluid, I better go out and get some. I don't well, yeah. I mean, the, top that off regularly. It starts blinking I mean, kind of slow, and then you're out. The the check blinker uh, fluid uh, light comes on, and uh, boy, you're just uh, you know, we're all hurt. You know, you can get a ticket for not having a blinker. You get a ticket for using a blinker around here, but we'll we'll talk more about that in the campfire segment. So uh, here's uh, here's one from X Egg. Uh, I can't even say XJ XJ Jake. Oh, it's the the J and the Jake that was the problem. Hey guys, this is XJ Jake calling in. I'm just catching up on some old episodes here. Uh, episode 175, where you're talking about the uh, Grand Wagoneer and the Aluminum Body Wrangler. You know, the thing that it is is uh, I know you were talking about direct competition with the Durango. The Durango is actually going to be discontinued. So uh, with the Wagoneer coming into production, there will be no direct competition within uh, the company itself. So that's a good thing. And, you know, as far as the aluminum body wranglers uh, and not having a plant and whatnot to deal with them, Chrysler is not afraid to spend uh, on their plants. Uh, and I really wouldn't be surprised if they don't put a new plant off to you know, When they uh, revamped the Chrysler 200, they spent $2 billion, billion with a B, and revamped the plant that they had in um, Michigan uh, to start making that, that new model. So, I mean, it, it's a good thing. Uh, you know, I think we're going to, I think it, that they're trying to be making another point in Toledo. I don't know for sure, but, uh, you know, that's just kind of what I see. I, it's a great company. And, Willing to spend the money to be able to stay competitive in the marketplace. So, just my thoughts, guys, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing some pictures or teasers for that uh, 2018 Grand Lake. Uh, that's it for now, guys. We'll talk to you later. Wow. Yeah, I'm I don't sure know. the designers over at FCA are going to keep that well under wraps until they are ready to start doing the testing. And that's when you, you start to see the, uh, the spied and the spotted yeah. pictures come out and they've got weird and the phone and the cardboard and yeah yeah the cardboard <laughs> panels duct taped to the sides and stuff just so you can't see what the body lines look like because they don't want to uh you know they don't want to re- have the big reveal until it is due time but uh reliable source there because i believe unless i'm mistaken that xj jake is a uh, car uh, car salesman at a at a local fiat chrysler uh dealership so right. Uh, this guy knows what he speaks of. So uh, could you imagine being the guy that says, yeah, let's spend $2 billion of the company's money. Uh, <laughs> so you, how much is that going to cost, you, Bob? You, well, you're going to be in luck. You're in luck. It's only going to cost $2 billion. <laughs> $2 billion. And we whittled that down from $4.5 billion. So, yeah, if uh, if you're an Audi, uh, you're certainly going to be any after uh, uh, putting it, uh, put, sitting it on the table and saying, yeah, let's spend the $2 billion. But, of course, these days it could very well have uh, been a woman making the, the decision. Uh, and you gotta you have to think, she's thinking, how many shoes could I buy with $2 billion? <laughs> Either way, I wouldn't want to be the guy signing that check. I just, oh, gee, I had a hard time test driving a Viper. Uh, when they were 80k and then I, yeah but uh, then I, I just you know calmed myself down and said you know I've, uh, I've, when I was learning how to fly I've flown pl- planes that were over 100,000 and I wasn't worried about it so mm. went out and had me some fun anyway uh, so now we got one more from uh, Super Croc hello this is a Super Croc again this time with a part store uh, part or actually, in this case, tool lookup story. 
So the other day I was in at my the local old store to look up uh, to see if they had a spindle nut socket for the Dana 30, which is a one or no two and one sixteenth inch socket, half inch drive thin wall. So he was looking up the the specs for it, and he didn't have any on the shelf, and was looking through his books, and said, well, the smallest in our thin wall half-inch drive stuff that we have is is uh, one and two thirty seconds, and or or fifty-one millimeters. And then he, then he says the one and two thirty seconds one might be a little bit bigger, but if you brought in the parts, we could match it up and and size it for sure. And then it took it. I couldn't. I had to suppress my laughter till I got out of the store. But uh, one, uh, two thirty seconds and one sixteenth, same size. So, just had to say, tell you that quick story. Josh is thinking throughout this entire deal. They said there would be no math. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and fractions is like the hell of math. <laughs> yeah, that's there's there's some great examples of our uh, nation's education system uh, well at work. Well, fractions are hard. So, thank yeah. you very much for all the uh, the voicemails, guys. Keep them coming in. We really appreciate uh, uh, the calls. And uh, if you got a, a question about your Jeep or uh, a problem that you can't figure out, uh, you know, it, it might take a little bit for you to get an answer. But uh, call it in. You may be helping somebody else. So let's. Yep, you guys can. Dial that number, 530-675-4102. That's how you can leave a message on our 24-7 voicemail line. Or by all means, head over to xjtalkshow.com and use our SpeakPipe feature. You'll see it there on the right-hand side of the page. little microphone symbol, little yellow box pops out there, and you guys can basically leave us a voicemail through the Internet using your smartphone, tablet, or a uh, computer with a microphone hooked up, hooked up to it. Yeah, it says send questions slash comments. I haven't read that in quite a while. I was going to say it says voicemail. It doesn't say voicemail at all. <laughs> so now let's get to some of our YouTube love. Well, every week we pull a few names out of the hat, and these are our list of subscribers, which is growing all the time. We encourage you guys to join in on that list and make sure you tell a friend and, well, drag them in on the fun as well. And we are knocking on the door of a quarter million views, guys, so keep those subscriptions coming and, of course, keep clicking that play button. Uh, first on the list tonight, Tony, who do we got? It looks like Rudy Cuvez. Or Cuvez. All right. Well, I figured you've had enough easy names, Cuvesa. so I figured I'd Cuvesa. throw a curveball at you. Uh, here in our number two spot, and these are in no particular order, Kyle Porter. I think I recognize that name. I might actually be subscribed to his YouTube channel. And we also have Fox Dog 85 Why didn't you spell mine out for me? <laughs> I'm glad Hatchet he did because I would, I would have read oh, the Oh, I was going to giggle my yeah. ass off, and then I saw, oh, look, he wrote it out for her. <laughs> well, Hatchet Man 17 is I'm in our final spot there, and... Sounds like that's a guy you wouldn't want to pick up hitchhiking. No, definitely not. <laughs> YouTube.com slash XJ Talk. Be there or be square. Oh, and uh, by the way, that's where you're going to see all the uh, um, uh, dash cam videos that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. So you may have to wade through a bunch of shows to find them, but they're 
they're there. Now my favorite part of the show. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's do a little uh, Nikki G love. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, last week, Josh kind of teased that he's going to talk about uh, fluids to bring on the trail. And uh, besides all your bodily fluids, uh, the one fluid I bring is uh, Frank's hot sauce. So I put that stuff on everything. I know you really like that one. And uh, I really appreciate you guys doing the Mind of Nikki G segment. I I, I really like that. But uh, I think you should also do uh, the (laughs) Woes of Wendy segment, which uh, (laughs) anybody doesn't know, Wendy's my wife. Have her call in. Because that woman has it tough. (laughs) That's Uh, a whole other show right there. We got married. My mom hugged her and said, uh, He's all yours. No give backs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I will uh, chat you later. You have a good one. Goodbye. Dad, it's time for Wangler Talk with Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama. So shut up and listen, because Mama knows best. This has been From the Mind of Nikki G. So I thought that might be a good reminder for you, Josh, because uh, we're still working on uh, a Wrangler Talk segment uh, to introduce uh, Jeep Mama, aren't we? Yes, we are still working on that. And uh, I'd just like to put a shout out or put a call out for you guys one last time. This will be the last time I ask for you guys to do this for me. But give our voicemail line a call and go ahead and just say these words. Shut up and listen to Jeep Mama or something along those lines. Nikki G had a little bit of fun with it, but that's basically what I want you guys to do. The most important things to say is shut up and Jeep Mama. Well, just don't tell her to shut up. <laughs> and we'll go ahead and and I'm going to mix those into a little bit of a montage and create a little bit of a uh, an intro for a segment we have coming up here in just a second. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, no talking back to your mama because you'll be in your room for a long time, young man. All right. Out any supper. All right. Now, Tammy, Ooh. brace yourself because this is, I think, the first uh, Josh's subconscious that we've had. Since you've been a co-host. Here. I, I saw this and I was like, what in the world is this? I've never seen this before. Well, this well, is the those- unknown part of Josh's br- brain that we he keeps hidden secretly. Secret. Now, I've got a lot of equipment here in the studio. And somehow or another, every now and again, my subconscious uh, is able to tap into this equipment and make a recording. And it ends up here on the podcast every now and again. And uh, it's uh, very unique each and every time, I will say that. It's had me nearly in tears more than once. Uh, and so without further ado, well, let's have a peek. It's understandable. It's much like therapy. When you reveal a lot of yourself, emotions come out. So here mm, we go. Yes. Oh, I don't know how you get the music in there, too. It's a colorful head you've got. Indeed. And now, another message from Josh's subconscious. Yoo-hoo. Oh, man. Got another host on the show. Too bad it's not another hunky guy, though. Because girls are icky. But they sure are fun to go shopping with and do each other's nails and all sorts of stuff. And I heard she was talking about steering attenuators. Oh, honey. There's nothing on this planet that would help me go straight. But it does help to have a firm grip on both of my ears. Haha, <laughs> toodaloo! <laughs> oh my god. 
<laughs> it's funny because Josh's subconscious contacted me and said, you might want to listen to this one first. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know what I always say, don't grab my ears. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> no steering necessary. All righty. Well, uh, I don't know if this is good or bad, but uh, now it's time for <laughs> Jeep Mama's <laughs> Wrangler talk. So shut up and listen to Jeep Mama. <laughs> oh, I need to take a deep breath here. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been getting a lot of grief, you know, about washing my Jeep, waxing of it. <laughs> um, people are like, I haven't washed my Jeep in four years or, you know, your Jeep's supposed to be money. Well, I think it's pretty important that you keep your Jeep washed. You don't have to keep it clean, but you should, you know, wash it every once in a while to get the grime and the dirt and this road salt off. And I think it's important that you do it yourself, a hand wash, because then you can get up close and personal to your Jeep and you can see the little imperfections. Maybe you see some scratches that are starting to rust and you can take care of that and keep your Jeep lasting longer. And for me, it worked out well because... Um, as you know, I just bought my Rubicon back in October. And of course, it was, you know, cold and the winter came. So I never took my windows off. I never unzipped them. I hadn't taken the top down. So I really hadn't paid much attention to them. Well, after, you know, the snowy, salty, wet roads, you know, disappeared, it was time to wash my Jeep. And I got the bucket out and the sponge and the soap and I started hand washing my Jeep. And as I'm washing and I then I got out my soft top products and as I'm using those products on my vinyl window, I kept looking at it and I'm like, what is going on there? There's If you go to my blog, www.jeepmama.com, you can see I have pictures of it, but in the vinyl back window and it's almost symmetrical, there's these little circular, it's almost like hail hit the vinyl windows. And even if you feel them, you couldn't feel any indentations. And I was like, great, you know, just, you know, here we go. So when I went up to um, Adam's Jeep to get the steering attenuator put on, um, I had the guy look at it and I said, you know, what's going on here? And he noticed him too. And then he noticed him on the side windows. And he said, what we could do is take a picture and send it to Jeep and get them to replace it. Or you can try taking them off, laying them flat outside in the, on a really sunny day and just let them soak in the sun for a couple hours. So that's what I did. I put some tarp out and then I got a flat sheet and I laid the windows and the sun just melted those imperfections away. So also if you, some people like to roll up their windows and there's elastic um little holders to keep them rolled up and some people hang them in their Jeep Well, they start to imprint the, the vinyl windows. And you can also, if you start getting these imprints, you can lay them in the sun and it, you know, it fixes the, the windows right up. So that's just my little soft top tip for the day. And Tony and Josh, back to you back to us yeah great uh great tip there with the soft tops guys especially in you know fall and early spring when the weather kind of starts to warm up a little bit the sun's out but maybe the air temperature isn't quite warm enough to you know full-on shorts and tank top type of thing but uh you know you want to remove the windows uh, of the jeep and stuff but you know then it starts to rain the next day or something you want to throw them back on but it's cold and there are they are stubborn oh, yeah. and uh, those tops don't yeah. like to stretch very easily 
uh, bringing them inside or, yeah, like Tammy said, laying them out in the sun, giving them a little sun bath really softens them up, allows them to stretch a little bit. And, uh, and especially with the, with the thick plastic, that, that, those vinyl windows, any kind of imperfection or dent can be, well, for the most part, uh, erased, if you will, by a little bit of heat. I would stay away from something like a heat gun unless you are really good with it yeah, um, be because then you could very, very easily damage your soft top. But yeah, the sun works a lot of great wonders on a Jeep, on a Jeep soft top. So, Tammy, did you have any problems with uh, taking your uh, top off during the winter? Because I just know that you probably did that because you were wanting to get out there in the sun. You know, you bundle up, put the hat on, right. and take the top off. I, I didn't even think about that. I bet you had a hell of a time getting that thing back on. Um, actually, I I don't put it all the way in the winter. I don't put it all the way back because there's like, you know, many different variations you can do with your soft top. You can just flip it back once to it's right behind the passenger window or passenger seats. And then you can unzip all the windows and then just leave the windows off. And then the next step is to even put it all the way back down, back to the tailgate. And I usually don't do that until the summertime or the spring, like right now it's like that. Um, but just in the winter, I just flipped it back once and that's not a big deal, but actually, um, gosh, Wednesday night, I took my son to soccer and the top was all the way down. And so then we, we got it put back up and I could not get the latches to meet with the front, the windshield of the Jeep because it just was, you know, so tight. Mm -hmm. So we had to take it all apart and you couldn't hook the back windows yet into the, the back of the Jeep. You had to latch it first and then hook those because it, you need to keep stretching, and it's still so new. Um, mm -hmm. So there's little tricks here and there that you learn about each individual soft top. Yeah, it's it's almost like a a puzzle. You know what yeah. piece yeah. goes first, and first, uh, right, and then well, especially with those JK tops, and then your hands are like really hurting when you, when you get done because you're like, <laughs> yeah. and, and you just you've never gripped. Uh, uh, harder in your life. At least that was for me. Uh, I don't know why I always put the, the top back on the TJ, uh, at night. I should be doing it during the day. I guess I just got lazy and did it at the last minute. Right. All righty. So, uh, lots of fun there. So, Oh, speaking of fun. Amazon.com and the XZ doc show present you bought what, what the hell oh. kind of dang deal is this? Josh. What did you guys buy recently? <laughs> well, if you guys are in the know and offer, I'll tell you guys how this works for those who aren't. Well, you click on those links over at the main page at xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com. You will see an Amazon banner there. And clicking on that will take you to Amazon and get you hooked up with the most perfect way to support your favorite off-road podcast. That's right. You guys can help keep the lights on at the XJ Talk Show merely by doing your online shopping through our link at xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com and amazon.com. How this works is by clicking on that link, guys, you will be able to support us um, by get, making Amazon give us a small little kickback of each one of your purchases. Now, you guys aren't going to get a markup. There's no uh, you know hidden fees or anything like that. They don't jack the price up a little bit uh, to compensate for this. Nope, you're going to stick it to the man, true and honest. And they have agreed not only to give us a small kickback from each of your purchases, but also a list of what you guys are buying. Now, sometimes the list is uh, very unique and interesting, I will say that, and sometimes it's got a lot of cool stuff on it from electronics to Jeep parts and beyond. 
If you guys want to get in on the fun, all you have to do is head over to xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com, find the Amazon banner, click on that, and continue to do your online shopping as you normally would, and you guys will help, well, keep the show coming each and every week. Absolutely. So uh, I got to get this one. Now, I'll tell you right off the top, uh, Josh did a great favor uh, running late tonight. He, he gathered up all these uh, Amazon uh, purchases and, and put them in the show notes. So I have absolutely no attachment <laughs> to this at all. It's all Josh. Nice disclaimer. <laughs> so this is uh, from the health and personal care area. Of course it is. The Infamil Slow Flow Soft Nipple. 12 count, 1168. So this is uh, appropriate for younger babies and those needing a slower, longer feeding. Nipple has smaller opening and slower flow than our standard flow nipple. Okay, well, I'm, I'll, I'll leave that alone. Latex-free, <laughs> new elastic, big elastic band for holding the, the kid in place. No, I'm sorry. New elastic band for wearing them on your face or chest. Oh, maybe I'm misunderstanding what this thing is. Come to think of yeah, it, yeah, I don't get. Th- <laughs> well, they they are for the bottle, but I don't know why you would need an elastic band. <laughs> I think I think Josh was putting some uh, clever extra, uh, a clever little words in there. in there. Yeah, and <laughs> now with more nipply design, that's Josh. Perfect for it. <laughs> perfect fit when you really want to nurse that beer. So now see. That makes sense. I know that people would be buying them for that. And, uh, you know, I'll just mention, if it's a 12-pack, that means you got twins. Oh. I got one for every bottle in the box. <laughs> Actually, my son, when he was little, we had to get the slow flow. Because when he had the ones with the bigger holes, he just, the milk would just spill all over his face. Because he was just, just too much coming out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I like the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and cha- switch gears just a little bit. Tammy, what's on the list for your item uh, this, this week? This is the for the 2001-2006 Jeep Wrangler, the TJ. It's a boomerang tire tread arm pad. Center console armrest cushion. It's $39.95 and free shipping. This adds comfort and style to your 2001 or 2006 Jeep Wrangler TJ. It's molded of soft touch polyurethane, protects the surface center of your console lid. It installs easily in minutes. That's the kind of install I like to do and can be easily removed if necessary. It's rugged off-road tire tread design. Too bad they didn't make these for the Wrangler. I could get one to match my um, shifter knobs. Anyway, it cannot be used as a traction device, and you can freak out your family and friends with the unique designs it will leave on your skin. So instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a tattoo, just get this. (laughs) There you go. And interestingly enough, it also has new elastic band for wearing them on your face or chest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now here's uh, something out of a category that's near and dear to my heart. Automotive electrical. This is a 12-volt, 150-amp continuous duty battery isolation solenoid with 300-amp surge. This is new aftermarket parts, not rebuilt, refurbished, or repurposed. Replaces three-terminal solenoid in some applications. Has four terminals, silver alloy contacts, flat bracket, insulated base, and is perfect for dual battery setups or those charged nipple clamps in the (laughs) nightstand of your drawer. Well, of course it is. (laughs) 
<laughs> we just found out what you bought. Oh my god, I just can't believe that made it on the list. Oh, that came so close to going off the rails. <laughs> Where are we with the uh, with reviews, Josh? Well, we are lacking in reviews because you guys, our listeners out there, are not doing your homework. Come on, guys. We are, uh, well, we have a bruised ego. It is very fragile, and we need a boost every now and again. That's right. So you guys have some homework to do. All of you iTunes listeners out there, all you downloaders, you guys are the bulk of our of our vo- voicemail email. Jeez, I cannot speak tonight. Of our podcast downloads, and we need you guys to show up in force. Leave us a five-star review, and by all means, just take a quick couple moments and type out a little comment, and we'll be sure to read that on the air. Constructive criticism is welcomed, so by all means, well, go ahead and let it fly, and we'll go ahead and air it on the show. So I'll just read an old review. Uh, all right. Apologies for not sticking that into the show notes. Uh, oh, I like this one. Jeep XJ Happiness by War Wagon on February 14th, 20. 20- so uh, this is a five-star rating. I love this podcast. It's always getting better, real information, news tips, and how to, how-to interviews, and more. I can only wait one a week. And that was a can't. Well, I can't yeah, wait. no, it's unfortunately, uh, we only do this once a week, but uh, that gives you guys, keeps you guys waiting for lots of good content each and every week. So make sure you guys are subscribing to the feed. And you guys can get notifications of upcoming shows and more. Now, who is this rolling up to my campfire? It's a red Jeep. You, you know who it is. Run! <laughs> Did you say run? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the girl came out when he, uh, when he was uh, saying it, though. Alrighty. Well, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this, uh, this interview thing that I did, like we talked about last week. Um, the, the old Fox 26, the local Fox affiliate, uh, called me up and said, uh, well, actually, uh, sent me a message on Twitter and said, uh, Hey, uh, you, would you mind sharing some of your dash cam videos for a story that I am going to hopefully do? And a week and a half later, I, uh, got a message saying, yeah, can you come down here and do an interview? <laughs> So very nice. So I'm like, what? Uh, and, uh, as I'm always pointing out and Josh is helping me, I have a face for radio. So, uh, but I, (laughs) but I saw an opportunity to go and meet some, uh, some of my faves, uh, on the uh, Fox 26 morning news here in Houston and also to perhaps even get a peek inside the studios. And it was uh, better than I expected. Uh, the, uh, the story came out, uh, this past Monday, uh, May the 4th, the day before Cinco de Mayo. And, uh, it was, uh, I was very surprised. It was like the Tony show. It was all my Ooh. videos. Wow. Yeah. Cool. All, all my videos and, uh, uh, probably three, four or five sentences, uh, from, uh, the interview. And well, that's uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was really surprised because I was told a soundbite. And it was a, it was a lot more than a soundbite. I can I can only suspect that higher ups in the Fox Twenty Six News organization said this guy is a star. We need to have him on more than just a soundbite. Let's let's just use all of it. So and that's why they aired it not once but twice. And the second time actually had more content than the first. Yeah, and uh, interestingly enough, I've got a bit of uh, of of the reaction of the. Uh, of uh, Michelle uh, Marhar, and I always have a hard time with that name. Sorry, Michelle. And uh, the uh, the two co-hosts that are on between the 9 and 10 a.m. Uh, uh, hour, 
uh, Melissa Wilson and uh, Tom Ziska. Tom Ziska, I actually got to meet uh, while I was there, which is uh, which is cool. Uh, Tom and I have about the same kind of sense of humor, yet he's still and as they, as yet he's still employed. Wrap, <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, no. And as they wrapped up the segment, uh, they were playing some additional footage, some exclusive footage mm-hmm. uh, from Tony's dash cam in the background, and you will hear very clearly a response from the uh, the other anchormen, uh, anchor persons. Uh, They're on the show as uh, as some of that footage comes to life. Ankle peoples. Anyway, here we go. Here it goes. End on a positive note. Tony Hmm. said, one thing he thinks about since he's encountered so many of these bad drivers. Here's that one. Yikes! (laughs) That guy would hear how my horn sounds. Exactly. Well, you're nice. Most people would do many other things, a number of things. But he said, you know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. If someone's being discourteous or rude out there, I think, gosh, maybe they're trying to get their kid to the hospital. They've had an accident. Or maybe they just got some news and they're rushing to a scene. Yeah, that's that's a lot lot of benefit. benefit I know, until you cruise by them and they have their phone in front of their face like this. But it's something to think about moving, you know, as you move forward. Well, you know, he said, it makes him more a mindful driver, which I think we could all do. I- so what was really funny is cool. while, while we were standing there in front of the television in, in the living room watching this segment, uh, my wife is listening to me. Now, I've said all these same things to her that I said in this interview, but she keeps turning around and looking at me like, you know, who, who are you fooling? You're not you're not a good driver. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Benefit the, of the doubt. Oh, she just, you know, this is the woman that has been married to me for over 20 years supposedly loves me but wanted them to you know call me out on television as a bad driver and not <laughs> that I don't use my blinkers and da 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 so I was telling Josh about this last night uh, during the uh, uh, recording of the Tony and Josh show and he got a big kick out of it so I thought I would throw that in there all right so uh, moving on before things start getting highlighted uh, the uh, heat creep uh, problem solved uh Maybe not. Uh, now I've I found out some uh, interesting no? things, and Uh-oh. I and I want to tell you people so you know what to look for. Now, back when my my Cherokee was new, just a babe in the woods, no woods, it was a highway. Uh, I had a problem with the plastic impellers on the um, water pump. The factory uh, the factory water pump comes with these plastic blades inside there that moves the critical uh, coolant through the engine to keep it you know keep it cool. Well, those things kind of mm-hmm. rot off. Uh, with pretty shortly, I mean, I guess you have to maintain the cooling system uh, better than I did, which was I just drove the hell out of it. Uh, and uh, so anyway, it, it started to get uh, hot on me, and it had never overheated. I wasn't expecting it to overheat, and it went over the 210 line, and it started getting to that next hash mark right after the 210. And then around that hash mark, boom, it goes way on over to the next to last hash mark where the red is. So uh, I, I, I got off the freeway. I let it cool down. I, I drove it a little bit, let it cool down, drove it a little bit, let it cool down. Uh, took it into a, a local garage to uh, have it looked at because I knew nothing about the Jeep at the time. And uh, they said, oh, yeah, you need a water pump. And, uh, oh, you blew a head gasket, and we better mill that head. Oh. We better mill that head. So $950 later. Oh. It was uh, it was back home and uh, probably a week and a half I can't remember now it was it was around 2000 2001 uh, when this all this went down so um, I have noticed recently now I've done a lot of changes to the cooling system trying to uh, trying to fix this uh, running hot issue that I've had on the freeway and I uh, purchased a uh, uh, something that a gentleman by the name of Carves 
on xgtalk.com suggested. It's a Australian-based company. They make this thing called the Engine Watchdog, uh, and it is basically a mechanical connected temperature sensor. So I uh, put it under the bolt on one of the uh, the two bolts for the thermostat and uh, plugged it in the cigarette lighter, and now I have this digital readout that tells me how hot the thermostat housing is. And I oh, found okay. out I found it very interesting that whenever the OBD2, not the gauge, but whenever the computer, the OBD2 uh, computer was telling me it was 246 degrees, the temperature of the housing was 210. Huh. Ah, truth comes out. So here recently, as temps have risen, air temps have risen, I've actually seen that needle go from the hash just after 210 all the way over again. In fact, I see it daily. And uh, the temperature on the uh, the mechanical uh, little doodad Doesn't that tells move. me, yeah, it goes up to, uh, I saw it as high as 217. But not as high as the gauge is saying. Well, when the thing goes all the way over, it's 255 degrees, according to the computer. And but I, not on the little gauge that you bought. Right. And I guarantee you that that, that engine, that 4.0, would not run that smooth or have that much pickup with that kind of uh, coolant temperature. So mm-hmm. so my and this is a brand new uh, temperature sensor from the uh, Mopar Jeep dealership. So I don't know how many of you out there may have seen the same things that whenever you get to that first hash mark past 210, any moment you can see that needle just zip way over to all, all the way over to the side. So uh, all these years, I'm fearful because this is exactly what it did originally many years ago. I'm very fearful that I've been chasing a heat creep problem and where, in, in fact, what I've been chasing is bad information. God, yeah, it sounds like it. More and more that we talk about it, it, it just seems like this all along has just been a, a, a misinterpretation of the data uh, going through the OBD2 system. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, which sucks because you've spent a lot of money and time and a couple effort. of thousand at least probably blood Have sweat you, and tears no one else i'm is, sure you haven't found anyone else with this same problem no i haven't read about this from anyone and uh huh. but but now that i've mentioned it on xjtalk.com what my find is, findings are uh steve 4.3 lxj has said you know we had a problem similar problem with the 98 and they just assumed huh. they were having a cooling system problem and they may have been having a bad data problem. Now, I have had problems with the cooling system, but everything in that cooling system has been replaced, some items, multiple times. Yeah. So, so I have an excellent cooling system right now. I mean, you name it, I've changed it. Uh, or, or Matt has helped me change it, like the heater core, when we removed the entire dash so we could get that, that new heater core in there. So, what a pain in the rear. Yeah, it really is. And it, it really all goes back to me because uh, I just used straight water just right out of the, the, the hose. Cause I, that's what I'd done for years prior and, uh, years since. So at least now I'm running, uh, the, the coolant in there, but anyway, oh, so uh, we'll bring you more information on that as, uh, as I have more. And Oh, by the way, I have ordered a, uh, potentiometer, a rheostat, a variable resistor that I'm a one K, uh, uh, resistor, variable resistor. Some of you guys know it as a volume control, uh, that I'm going to try and adjust the, uh, how much uh, resistance is coming from that temperature sensor to see if I can't adjust my meter to read correctly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, which you know that means that the fan is going to come on at the right point and not when it's 180 degrees, mm-hmm. <laughs> etc. Et so it's very interesting to see whenever it gets up real high on the temperature and then I slow down and get off on the side roads. It's not dropping down to 210. It's dropping down to 190. Hmm. So you guys may have read this before from other people saying, you know, mine, I have a 180 degree thermostat in it and it barely gets over 180 degrees. Well, their temperature gauge is probably reading correctly. Interesting. So uh, I want to say congratulations. Uh, I I saw the document, so he's not lying. Well, the document (laughs) could be forged, I guess, but I don't think so. Congratulations to Josh for going and passing his ham radio uh, license. Uh, John, pre-runner 1982, and I, both both hams, uh, we went and looked at the FCC uh, ULS database today, and uh, we did not see Josh's license on there yet. No, I've been checking it rather diligently, <laughs> I might add. Uh, but yeah, no, it's every couple few hours I'm hitting that refresh button and checking <laughs> out the website and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I'm very... Very anxious to get my call sign. So, uh, and uh, of course, I, uh, you know, for purposes of nostalgia and, and uh, because I'm proud of this, this is a, a, what I consider a rather large accomplishment in my life. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, I am now a licensed uh, ham radio operator, an amateur radio operator. Uh, and uh, I will be going for my next higher class of, uh, of uh, uh, certification here uh, in the near future, but uh, that'll be a little bit down the road still. I just, wanted to get on the air and as soon as i get that call sign i will let you guys know and uh well i'll be looking forward to talking to you on the air now this is a technician class license correct this is a technician class license yeah i did uh when i went ahead and uh, on the testing day uh they talked me into trying out for uh for my general class and i was like yeah i didn't study a lick for it but why not yeah and uh i did a little bit better than i thought i was going to i didn't figure i'd get one single question right but uh but there was some stuff on there that I that I did end up knowing, and uh, and I didn't pass, obviously. Uh, but it was it was cool for the experience, nonetheless. And then I was glad I did it. Oh, you were there. It only makes sense to uh, to take the uh, to take the the next exam. So mm-hmm. uh, I've actually been a general class licensed holder since 1977. Wow! Wow! I have not changed since since then. And uh, I was uh, I was hopeful to get an advanced class license, but I never did uh, go for that license. And now they've done away with it. Now, if you had an advanced class license, it's still good, and it's still an advanced mm-hmm. class license. So yeah. I, I thought it would have been cool just to have that. And there's there's very little difference between the advanced and the extra. So I was just going to get the advanced and stay there. But now my only choice is extra. So it's it's kind of like the Eagle Scout of uh, Boy Scouts. Yeah. So. yeah, it really is. <laughs> it sounds like you hey, real- checked a. Uh- bucket list a bucket item list yeah just about list. yeah uh, the the uh, the bucket item list really is going to be my connection with the international space station uh, oh, that, is, yeah. that is like my big oh. checklist right there uh, and so if I, if I get a chance to talk with an astronaut on the ISS then cool. uh, yeah, yeah that is definitely a bucket list item that I'm going to be checking off so yeah I cannot wait it's going to be a lot of fun uh, then I'll start getting into antenna construction and all that stuff. I just oh, got bit a by another bug, guys. So yeah, antenna yeah, construction—it's really cheap. It's a lot of fun because it—it's yeah. it, very easy to do things, and they, it can go—it can spiral out of control. So be careful. Now I'll mention this. I think I've told you before. One of the really cool things you can do is watch, uh, get onto the satellite pass things because mm-hmm. it'll tell you about when the satellite's coming over. Uh, that you can even—I'm sure there's an app for your phone that'll actually tell you when the satellite's coming over. 
and you just need to find one that has an upload, I'm sorry, an uplink and a downlink, uh, two meter, 70 centimeter, and you can use your dual band handy talkie to talk to people through the satellite as it goes overhead. Uh, it can, they can be standing next to you or they can be hundreds of miles away. And it's, mm, it, it's, it's cool. a, it's like a, uh, a 15 second pass. So the conversation's really fast, but this, the idea that you're hitting a satellite traveling at over 17,000 miles an hour as it passes yeah. over the head and, uh, <laughs> and talking to somebody neat. else. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. It, it was, uh, it was more fun than I thought it would be. All hey, right. real quick, real quick before we move on to Tammy, uh, Tony, there's something I just wanted to very, very quickly address um, about about something you said in regards to your cooling system. Now, some people are able to get away with this, but I, I just thought I'd, I'd mention this. It's not a really good idea to run strictly water in your in your radiator and your cooling system. Water does vaporize uh, when it starts to get hot, and you can create air bubbles, and it doesn't have the the cooling and the uh, and the antifreeze, not something you have to worry about in Texas properties, right. um, that antifreeze does. I, I always recommend, at the very least, a 50-50 mix, if not going with uh, whatever the dealer recommends. Uh, but in our case, for the XJs, uh, TJs, most of the 4-liter engines anyways, um, a 50-50 mix is, is more than adequate. Uh, running straight water, especially in a hotter climate, uh, it's just you know it, it goes against a lot of what I've been taught and everything. Like I said, a lot a lot of people can get away with it, uh, but it's just something I wouldn't recommend uh, if you if you do have alternatives. Well, it's really only a corrosive situation because a, a complete water water is a much better uh, conductor of uh, heat than uh, that mixed with any impurities like uh, the coolant, uh, the antifreeze stuff. So when you start mixing in antifreeze, you actually lessen its ability to cool. Uh, the engine. So that's well, one of the reasons I would, why I was doing it. I, I could have done distilled water like uh, in one of the recent uh, Jeep tips that, uh, that Steve mentioned. But um, I was going to say either that or use uh, something a product called wetter water or water wetter. Uh, yeah, one of the others. I don't know. I think and, that's and, uh, witchcraft. I don't think it actually works, oh, to be honest well, with you. Yeah, all, right, all right. That's my opinion. Well, Tammy, uh, what you got for us? Anything? Well, I did a little Jeep PB and Jeep. Oh, yeah. Um, what is this? Um, I remember I reading about this. The Jeep. Um, Spilled a snack while you're driving or something? What, what <laughs> yes. You got Jeep no, in my I, peanut butter. <laughs> um, I was When I waxed my Jeep, I wasn't as careful as I should have been where the fenders meet the... Um, the, um, the Painted metal body. The bod- yeah, the metal part where I was waxing. Um, my fenders kind of curve a little and it's kind of hard to get down in there. Anyway, I got some of the wax on my plastic fenders and a little bit on the rear bumper. And, you know, I thought, oh, I could just wipe it off, but you, you can't. And it starts to get this dullish, chalky white. Yeah. And I was like, how do I get this off? So, you know, I went online and Googled it. And, you know, there's all sorts of the aerospace stuff that you mentioned, um, Josh. People are like, they mm-hmm. use that or, you know, use this product use that product but it's all cost money and then some people says oh you try a pink eraser try um the mr clean wipes um the green simple green clean um there was a few other things and one of them was peanut butter i'm like (laughs) peanut butter and so i didn't want to go out and buy any expensive you know stuff i thought i'd try the other stuff and i actually did a blog post on this and um, i tried the pink eraser did not work the mr clean it looked like it worked at first, but once the fender dried, the white chalky stuff came back. Um, no. And all the other stuff, everything, it looked like it worked, but once the 
fenders dried, um, it came back. So I tried peanut butter and it, it was like magic. Well, I've got to ask the, a crunchy or smooth. No, you got to use smooth. <laughs> you don't want to use crunchy. And I use Jif cause choosy mothers choose Jif. I thought it was Jif. <laughs> now and I'm going to, I'm going to ask either of you, if you know the science behind why that worked. Well, there's a uh, peanut butter oil and that oil I think it's is the a oil. Uh, peanut oil. <laughs> Very good. Yes. It's the, it's the oil and the, the peanut wax. butter. I was just BSing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I missed it, what you peanut, said, Josh. Peanuts have, peanuts do have a lot of oil in them. Peanut butter especially does have a lot of oil right. in it. And, uh, even natural, all natural peanut butter will have, uh, a little bit of oil in it, but, uh, uh, the more mainstream that you get, the more oil it's going to have in it. And it, any kind of petroleum product, uh, any kind of oil, whether it be olive oil or Vaseline or um, peanut oil or you know Crisco, whatever you want to put on, mm. it all contains um, you know some of that some of that those oil molecules which absorb into that plastic. They get down in there and they bring out that 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 luxurious blackness of of uh, our plastic trim, and it's going to mask that 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 white powdery residue left over. Um, from the uh, from the wax uh, after it dries and, and adheres to the plastic, uh, and so it's it's essentially the oil overtakes the waxy um, the waxy residue. Do you think now? Some people said that the the chalky white is probably eventually going to come back. Like if I wash my Jeep again, maybe it I'll wash. Could. I mean, it depends. It depends it on d- whether you got the wa- the wax all the wax off or not. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, it depends on, you know, if you got your finger in there and kind of worked it in a little bit, you know, I mean, yeah, if you, you just kind of did a stripe over it and wiped it off, that's probably not going to, you know, yet you'll probably see it again. Um, but another thing that would, that might work is a little bit of heat. So, um, yeah, that's something that I, that I, uh, a little bit of a trick that I, that I have mentioned, uh, for other people, black magic is another item, oh, yeah. another product that, somebody, I, that yeah, I might recommend black, black on black or black. I think it'd be, there's 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 two of them. It's called Maybe. Back to Black yes. and Black Magic. Back, yes, those are the, that's what it was. Back to yeah, Black. Those are the two that uh, that that really do work wonders. I had a buddy that every time before we went wheeling, he would spray down all of his trim and the entire underside of his wheel wells with Black Magic. And when we got off the trail and got, got back home, hit it with the hose, looked like it was brand new. Oh, that's huh. that's cool. That's a great uh, great tip. Maybe I should go to like a, a salon and get the, you know, the wax paper they use to wax the legs and the eyebrows. I could heat up <laughs> the fender you know, that and put might, that on that, and just oh, like yeah. rip it off. That's that might actually idea. work. I'd, I'd really be curious to see if that worked actually. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the first episode of the 4x4 Radio Network Roundtable. We're going to start with our newest member, Greg. Greg, take a moment here to uh, tell us why I called you Glenn and what's just <laughs> what's, what's your uh, podcast. Uh, you can call me Glenn if you want. That works out well for me. I'm the host of the Muddy Mike podcast or Muddy Microphone podcast. So my show is mainly about uh, off-roading. ATVs, UTVs, uh, even a little dirt bike stuff thrown in there too. And, um, you know, really it's more recreationally focused than racing focused. So I got to ask you real quick, what's the difference between an ATV and a UTV? That's an excellent question. Uh, so an ATV, uh, easy way is an ATV would have handlebars. A UTV is like uh, a little car. So it's, it's really new. I guess 2008 
was the first year that UTVs came about. And that was, um, well, I shouldn't say that. It's probably earlier than that. But really, it came out with Polaris in 2008 is where it really became popular. But um, those are basically four-wheelers with large four-wheelers with roll cages and a steering wheel. I know exactly what those things are, and they're a lot of fun. Uh, Jump over to John. John, uh, tell the folks who you are and what kind of podcast you have. Well, thank you for uh, having me on the first ever roundtable. Woo! Uh, I, uh, my podcast is called Center Steer Podcast. That's C-E-N-T-R-E. And I will explain the spelling in just a moment uh, because uh, it is a Land Rover podcast by, for, and about Land Rovers uh, and Land Rover owners. And uh, so we spell center in the British spelling. So that's why it's C-E-N-T-R-E. And even though we're in North America, uh, Primarily, we do have some. I have uh, over time been able to get some uh, people join the panel uh, from the United Kingdom, and we've uh, had them on a couple times, and that's been very nice. And it's a monthly podcast, and we talk about uh, old Land Rovers, new Land Rovers, uh, proposed Land Rovers, uh, off roading, overlanding. Uh, basically anything that might touch on uh, a Land Rover we like to talk about. And recently, uh, in fact, uh, our most recent podcast, uh, we uh, were talking to a family that uh, is traveling pretty much all around the world, uh, but they are right now in South America, and they are headed up to Alaska. And we talked to them while they were in Cancun, Mexico via Skype, and uh, really neat people traveling in a Land Rover Defender 130. And... uh, that was pretty cool. So well, that's uh, that's kind of like the breadth of my podcast. Go to centersteer.com and uh, look for episode number 25. So let's uh, let's get our last team member in here, Dan. Yeah, so I am the host of the 4x4 podcast. And it is uh, my show is really kind of a wide range. Everything off-roading and outdoor lifestyle. I try to have an interview on each of the episodes, uh, but usually we'll have an interview with somebody in the industry or somebody that's doing something cool in the off-roading community. Uh, we also have a one of my favorites is the outdoor edibles segment where we talk about camp cooking and how to use a, a Dutch oven on your adventures um, because I'm a firm believer that you can eat well when you're off-road. You don't have to just eat trail mix and beef jerky. Uh, you can do better than that. Um, but we also have a, uh, we call it the off-road aptitude where we'll talk about a product or service or something like that that will be beneficial as you're planning your adventures or actually out on your adventures. Um, and we've got a, I've got a co-host, Craig, and now Rich is coming on and joined the show. And Rich brings a lot. We'll talk dual sport stuff. Uh, he's got a Kawasaki KLR motorcycle, and so he's given me the itch to to get a motorcycle, but uh, everything off-roading and outdoor lifestyle is what you can find on the 4x4 podcast. You can hear the 4x4 Radio Network Roundtable in its entirety as a bonus download right here on the XJ Talk Show channel. Hey, this is Tony from the XJ Talk Show, and we've got John, pre-runner 1982, here today. He's going to talk to us about uh, the Day of the Dirt Adventure. This is a little trek across Oklahoma, and uh, well, John, what kind of things are people going to hear on the interview? A lot of Jeeps, a lot of dirt roads, and some of Oklahoma's forgotten histories. Creek statehood schools, old townships, cemeteries buried in high grass, train trestles, old bridges. A lot of good times, family event, and uh, good picture opportunities. So watch for the bonus episode, Day of the Dirt, from the XJTalkShow.com. 
So uh, this was a great interview doing with John. And I tell you what, I know you guys are a long ways from uh, from John. I'm not that far, and uh, uh, I might actually get to go to one of these things if I ever uh, get this uh, heat problem uh, taken care of. But, uh, boy, it sounded like a bunch of fun. They had over 100 Jeeps this year uh, going through this historic you know, trek through a, a part I of Oklahoma. I think that sounds so interesting. Yeah, and it's a great family thing because it's not a bunch of uh, you know technical wheeling type stuff and scaring mama or or mama scaring uh, dad, <laughs> depending on who's <laughs> who's the wheeler in the family. Who's driving? Uh, yep. And uh, so it's a it's a nice uh, a nice just go look at old buildings and uh, cows and, uh, and 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 get pulled over. Have a hundred jeeps pulled over by a country cop, which is <laughs> yeah. what ha- one of the things that happened to them uh, this year. Um, now, this is his uh, third annual iteration of the Day of Dirt Adventure, if I'm not mistaken. Third and or fourth, getting, I can't remember. He says It's in the getting interview. bigger and better each and every year, uh, and more and more people are following, uh, and it's becoming <laughs> really one heck of an event. I mean, I, I, I foresee this thing uh, you know, being competition for the Easter Jeep Safari one of these days if he keeps on the track record that he's got. But, uh, but no, man, every, every year... The pictures that come back from this are absolutely stunning. Some of the sites that you see in the history alone is definitely worth taking the family out for this event. If you guys are able to, and, uh, and this is something that sounds like uh, that sounds like something you guys would enjoy, I highly recommend you guys getting a hold of John Prior in our 1982 over at XJ Talk and, uh, and really find out what you can do to either help him next year or at least get on board with uh, being a part of this event. Yeah, it's been a few days since we did the interview, but I believe he has a Facebook page. Uh, you can do a little searching for Day of the Dirt, and I bet you you'll find uh, oh, yeah. the Facebook page. And he says that he does this uh, every spring or fall. So they just did one in the in the spring, so it'll be at least a year before they do another one. And uh, I, I think what the one of the holdups is is that he likes to go and pick a route, a new route for the the folks that have been there many times and. Uh, uh, I can't remember exactly, but I said uh, I think he said that uh, many of the people that were in uh, the last one, uh, the last day of the dirt, uh, were in this one as well, and that's why it grows because people keep coming back to to do it more. So anyway, looking forward to that. We'll uh, have that as an additional download uh, on the uh, xjtalkshow.com, and also to uh, subscribe on iTunes, and you will uh, get it automatically or automatically. Ooh. Cool. Bonus Did you content. say a day in the dirt? Day of dirt. D-O-D. Day of D-O-D. dirt. Okay. Yeah, day of dirt um, adventure. Those would be the keywords you guys want to use there. Uh, yeah, head over to xjtalk.com. You guys can see pictures from previous years uh, and uh, and find out what this is all about. Oh, and, and this year, check too. it out. And this year, too. Yeah. I think he oh, even, yeah, that's right. He just finished uh, getting that up, and yeah, that content should be up there by now. Yeah, I think he says uh, in, the, in the subject, uh, caution, picture heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there is a ton of pictures, a lot of uh, pick-worthy stuff on that trip. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's get over to Wheeling Where. Well, this is where we talk about events that are coming up in your guys' neck of the woods and around the nation. Uh, coming up, well, this would be May 15th through May 17th at Crystal Beach Go Topless Day. If you only visit the beach once in 2015, well, this is when to do the visit. It's happening in Crystal Beach, Texas, like I said, May 15th through the 17th. For more info, head to Facebook.com and search for Crystal Beach Go Topless Day event. Also happening June 3rd through the 5th at the Grand Mesa Jeep Club is presenting the Rocky Mountain Off-Road Expo and Rock Junction event happening in Grand Junction, Colorado. This is a Grand Cherokee event 
uh, should be, uh, well, no, I'm sorry. This is not a Grand Cherokee event. That's our next event coming up. The Grand Mesa Jeep Club, um, Rocky Mountain Off-Road Expo, and Rock Junction event. Huge event. For more information, head to gmjc.org. And the 18th annual Grand Slam West. It is the This is the Grand Cherokee event you guys don't want to miss. June 11th through the 14th in Moab, Utah. For more information, head to gswmallcrawlin.com. That's mallcrawlin without the G. Hey, let us, uh, that's it for this week, guys. If you guys have got an event coming up in your area, well, let's get the word out already. Whether it's a show and shine, a cruise in, a club run, a fundraiser, maybe even just a car wash, or you got a huge event like the Easter Jeep Safari coming up, let us know by giving us a call or sending us an email to newstips at xjtalkshow.com. Yeah, I thought I'd mention real quick a little bit of a warning. Uh, I haven't been to Crystal Beach in a long time, but... Uh, they, uh, it seems like the cops are kind of bad down there. So if you go, be careful. And I'm, mm, I'm almost certain that you have to go across the Bolivar Ferry. It's a huge ferry, unrelated to Josh's subconscious, an actual boat that carries cars. So, uh, I mean, like 50, 60 cars, and there's always a long line to get on the, on the ferry. Uh, I don't oh, like boy. the way this is going. Uh, and uh, the, it's it's a nice it's a nice cruise across uh, the little uh, isthmus or whatever it's called to get over to Crystal Beach. So uh, a lot of fun, and uh, who knows, maybe I'll go uh, take the wife because she says we never go anywhere. So uh, yeah, make a day out of it. Yeah, Sounds good. Go out there and be in the sun fifteen minutes, and I'll be burned to a crisp. So, well, we need you guys' help to support the show. Let people know about the XJ Talk Show on other Jeep forums that you guys visit, as if there are any. No, really, though. <laughs> put the link in your signature for the XJ Talk Show. Make a post. Let people know why you guys are loving the show. Fearful the site might admonish or ban you guys? Well, if they do, let us know what happened, and we will be sure and share it with our audience. And guys, anybody can do an interview on the show. Everybody's got a Jeep story to tell. Well, Let's hear yours. Give us a call, 530-675-4102, and we'll set up an interview, and you can get on the XJ Talk Show. Tammy, you mentioned your blog earlier by the saying blog, and, you know, you, you're just you're hiding your, your success under a bush. You need to say what the blog is. Where, where can people see these pictures and these stories I and everything know, that you I'm do? Sorry. Well, they should know by now. No, I'm we always have new people. Person. You always have no, to tell them. No, it's Mama, M-O-M-M-A dot com. I think it's on the, uh, let's see, I think I've got it on your uh, your title bar. Yes, there it is. Jeep Mama at uh, jeepmama.com. And it's M-O-M-M-A. I always thought yep. Mama was M-A-M-M-A. See, I just, well, I'm just that illiterate. That could go, well, a lot of people all? spell M-A-M-A too. But yeah. it's M-O-M-M-A. It was all Facebook. about what com. domain name we could get. Oh. I wanted to be Jeep Mom. Well, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com, XJ Talk page. Guys, every Thursday, 10 p.m. Central, xjtalkshow.com. We'll see you there next week. I bet you, I bet you Josh uh, talks in his sleep. What do you think? He probably does. <laughs> he's, just, he's always he ready. He practices all in his sleep. He's always ready to go. And the, his girl's <laughs> hitting him with a pillow. Shut up! There's more truth to that than you think. <laughs> no, uh, this is smooth as uh, silk on butter, Josh. Always, uh, always an honor to have you here on the show, and, yeah, and also to give you, give you hell. And I'm so sorry you passed your test. I was really looking forward to giving you hell about <laughs> not passing a simple multiple guess oh. test. <laughs> I would have expected nothing less. Of course, nothing less. <laughs> you would have thought you were in an alternative universe if that was not the case. Exactly. <laughs> All right, you guys have a great uh, Jeep week, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.